It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Thursday morning, the 31st of August, the final day of August, the final day of winter, and the start of the final regular round of the NRL season. Daniel Pettigrew back with you for the course of the next hour, broadcasting, as always, through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number, or you can text, as always, 0457-736-736. That's all before breakfast with Vossi and Brandy coming up for listeners in Sydney. For listeners in Queensland, it will be Patton Heels after the 6 o'clock news. A lot to get through today, as I say, the start of the final round, a very intriguing round of the National Rugby League. We'll look at that Storm Broncos game shortly. There's some live cricket going on at the moment. I'll bring you up to date with the Panthers have re-signed one of their key players. More drama at the Bulldogs. And in about 15 or 20 minutes, we will talk to Chris Perkins in America to talk all things American sport and anything else that may come up. So if you've got any questions for Chris, feel free to text, call in now or wait until he comes on the show. Either one 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It's Thursday morning. It's coming up to two past five. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Before we get to the news of the day, as I say, there is some cricket going on. The first T20 between South Africa and Australia over there in South Africa and Australia dominating. In fact, they've just taken another wicket. So Australia made six for 226 off their 20 overs. Uh, the highest run scorer was Mitch Marsh. 92 of 92 not out of 49 balls. Tim David also did very well. 64 quick fire, 64 off only 28 balls. Uh, the rest of them, Travis Head only made six. Uh, Matt Short managed to make 20. Uh, Josh Inglis was out for one. Marcus Stornis was out for six. Uh, Aaron Hardy made 23. Sean Abbott was the other not out batsman on three. In reply, uh, South Africa of 12.5 overs, a six for 106. Six for 106. Uh, so their target is 227. You would expect Australia to manage to go and win this quite easily from here. So South Africa, six for 106 of almost 13 overs, 12.5 overs. Uh, so far, the uh, Sangir has been the um, Sangir has been the top wicket keeper, uh, wicket taker. Sorry, four for 30 off his 3.5 overs. Marcus Stoinis has taken one, as has Sean Abbott. But at the moment, Australia dominating in fir- in the first of the T20s. South Africa six for 106 of 12.5 overs. We'll keep you up to date with that over the course of this show. Uh, you'd imagine it would be all be over pretty soon. Australia looking, you'd think, to bowl South Africa out first of the T20. Matches uh, three and a half past five one three hundred oh one eleven seventy oh four five seven seven three six seven three six and Paul Dennett by the way from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast who's a regular on this show uh, just taking a bit of a break from the show but he'll be back with me uh, the week after next so we'll wrap up the T Twenty to a lot more cricket coming up as well so he'll be back with me in a couple of weeks now let's get to some of the news of the day uh, firstly what are your predictions for tonight. 
Storm up against the Broncos. Another couple of players, uh, Will Warbrick from the Melbourne Storm. He's another one that won't be taking the field uh, tonight for the Melbourne Storm. And Warbrick has been an excellent player for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Really, no one had really heard of him uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, But he's been fantastic on the wing. He won't be playing, so that's just another player out of this side for the Melbourne Storm. We know the Brisbane Broncos resting a whole heap of players as well. It is a tipsers nightmare this weekend. Charlie Goodsell will be with me tomorrow morning to preview the rest of uh, this round, round 27 of the National Rugby League. But who wins tonight? The battle of uh, almost a Queensland Cup game, really, uh, with the exception of a few, notably, of course, Ryan Pappenhausen. Who wins? What's going to be the scoreline? Do Brisbane clinch their first minor premiership for many, many years? Or do Melbourne make this round a little more interesting for the Penrith Panthers. Who wins? 0457. And what's the scoreline? 0457 736 736. And any of our listeners in Queensland, are you heading to the game tonight? Suncorp Stadium. Could be a very, very big occasion for the Brisbane Broncos if they could take out the minor premiership, despite them missing all those key players. What do we reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Who wins? What's the scoreline? Do Brisbane take their first minor premiership or does Melbourne keep the minor premiership race alive for Penrith on Saturday night in about just over 48 hours' time? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Australia have taken another wicket. So South Africa are now seven for 107 of 13.1 overs. Now, Dylan Edwards, there's been a lot of talk about this over the course of over the past six months, 12 months. Uh, however, he can become the most capped Panthers player of all time after signing a new four-year deal uh, worth an estimated $3.6 million. He has uh, been rewarded after years of being underrated and underpaid by securing an upgrade and extension on his current contract that will push his tenure at the foot of the mountains out until the end of 2028. So he was off contract at the end of next year, 2024, with the Panthers, Um, And the Panthers have been working over the past two months to execute a new deal with his management to take the outstanding talent off the open market before November 1. Uh, Now, he joined the club as a 16-year-old in 2012. And it means if he stays until the end of his deal, which you'd imagine he will, he will be 32 years old in the final year of his deal at 2028. Uh, He has played 128 first-grade games for the Panthers and now he has the next five years to play an additional 122 matches and reel in former Premiership winner and captain Steve Carter's record for most games played for Penrith, which stands at 249. Club legends Craig Gower, uh, 246, and Roy Simmons, 245, are also within Edwards' reach. Now, with Dylan Edwards' uh, deal confirmed, the Panthers must now work to re-sign Premiership winning 5'8", Jerome Luai. Luai is also off contract at the end of 2024, and currently there are some sluggish negotiations needing to gain rapid momentum in order for a deal to be struck prior to this year's final series. Well, it would need to be struck very quickly, the final series get out, get underway in just over a week's time. Uh, Panthers fans, you happy with the re-signing of Dylan Edwards um, ahead of Jerome Luai? We'll see what happens with Jerome Luai over the coming weeks and months in terms of whether he'll remain at the Penrith Panthers after next year. But Dylan Edwards has been fantastic, has been so important. Not that Jerome Luai hasn't been, but has been so important, so vital to that Panthers side. 
over the past couple of years. Grand finals, as we know, in 2020, won the comp at 21-22. And despite Jerome Luai's injury, are still most people's premiership favourites for this year at this stage. Still a long way to go. 0457 736 736. Uh, Pat, this fancy, you're happy. And we talk about Dylan Edwards. Um, and he's unlucky, I think, to be uh, in the same era as a James Tedesco, as a Tom Dravojevic, as a Latrell Mitchell. Um, any other era, he would have probably played quite a lot of games at fullback for New South Wales and Australia. Hasn't played rep football yet. What do we reckon? Uh, Dylan Edwards, we, we don't know if he'll ever play rep football, but uh, and I think he gets a lot of the credit he deserves, but probably only over the past 18 months to maybe two years. So can you think of some more of the underrated players in not just rugby league, but any sport? The players that played well, um, did the hard work, and maybe didn't get all the credit for it when they're in a side full of superstars, like Dylan Edwards is. Back-to-back premierships looking for a three-peat in the next month or so. Underrated players, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Who are some of the underrated players who... Yes, may have played one, two, three hundred games, um, but have never probably got the credit of some of their other stars in their teams. Any nominations? One three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six nine and a half past five from the Penrith Panthers to the Bulldogs, and this story uh, gains momentum. We know Cameron Seraldo, the Bulldogs coach, fronted the media yesterday. Um, now. It has been revealed that the player who walked away from the Bulldogs over a training ground punishment was barely 10 minutes late on the day of his indiscretion. His sanction lasted about the uh, same amount of time, yet tipped him over the edge and left the club open to fresh scrutiny. Uh, So it can be revealed, the Daily Telegraph can reveal the player was forced to drop to his knees and wrestle every fit member of the squad during an exhausting exercise that left him battered and bruised an ordeal known across the game, apparently, as shark bait. Initial reports suggested it was around a dozen players. In truth, it may have been as many as 30 uh, at Belmore Sports Ground. Each knee wrestling contest lasted anywhere from 10 to 30 seconds. All up, it was close to 10 minutes. Uh, but officials and players at rival clubs have, spoke, have spoken of their shock that the player was forced to endure such punishment. And now the player then returned to training the next day and finished the week, but he hasn't been cited since, taking time off to deal with mental health issues that were brought to the surface by the torment he endured at Belmore during a training session that threatens to split the club. This happened about five weeks ago, but has simmered to the surface this week amid other ongoing drama at the club. Now, Bulldogs officials privately insist they saw no sign of any trouble in the immediate aftermath to the incident, which now threatens to become a workplace issue. Um, now, the Daily Telegraph spoke to players, uh, anonymously, of course. Uh, one said it was a knee wrestle where you've got to get your opponent on their back. He was made to wrestle everyone, and you can imagine how fatigued he got. It was everyone in the top 30 squad, from the uh, apart from the injured guys. After it happened, I thought, what the F was that? It was pretty ordering. A lot of players uh, didn't want to do it. Um, another player who is no longer at the club said he left the club because of the environment that is currently in place at the Bulldogs. And he said, I just didn't enjoy being there. A lot of other players felt the same. It had nothing to do with hard work. It was just the environment. 
Um, and apparently, according to the Daily Telegraph, a number of Canterbury players are infuriated that Serraldo has publicly criticised their work ethic in recent weeks. One player said no one has been is afraid to uh, work hard. That's never been the problem. Uh, NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo confirmed he had contacted the club to seek further information. He said, we have reached out to the Bulldogs to establish what has occurred. I won't make any further comment until we have all the facts. Meanwhile, uh, Cameron Serraldo, as I said, he fronted the media yesterday and he made no apologies for the hardline stance he is taking with the playing group. Uh, he said, we know what success looks like. We have a lot of people buying into the process. My last job, I had 10 years coming through the grades with the group and I knew them inside out. To create those relationships in eight or nine months, it's taken longer to build that trust than I probably imagined. I feel sorry for the fans for where we are. It doesn't seem like we've taken steps forward this year. We haven't taken steps back. It's helped us navigate where we are going in the future. We know where we are going. If you're willing to work hard and make sacrifices and stick to the winning standards, come with us. Um, Willie Mason, uh, who's also part of the Bulldogs coaching staff, uh, lent his support to Cameron Serraldo as well yesterday. Um, interesting quote there from Cameron Serraldo, though, saying uh, it doesn't seem like we've taken steps forward this year. We haven't taken steps back. Hmm. I, I don't know about that. Bulldogs fans, one 1170 or 0457-736-736. Now, I know we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but the Bulldogs, and yes, uh, it has to be said, they have had a lot of injuries this year, which I'm sure didn't help them. But if you go back to the start of the year, uh, March, uh, whatever, March 1st, March 2nd, whatever date the season kicked off, and you asked about who do you think are going to be the most improved teams this year? Um, the Bulldogs were one of them. The Tigers were probably another, but that's another story. The Bulldogs were another. No one, I don't think, really had the Warriors uh, doing what they uh, have done and where they're sitting now, heading into the final series next week. But the Bulldogs, everyone thought with Cameron Serraldo there, uh, Matt Burden uh, on, in his second year there, Reid Marnie, Kikau coming to the club, Josh Adokar, of course, there as well. We all thought they were going to be improved. Now, again, it doesn't help that they had a lot of injuries. And to be fair as well, uh, they did, if you remember, I think it was round two, they beat Melbourne in Melbourne. The club was flying. Now, Bulldogs fans, I'd like to hear from you, but generally rugby league fans as well. 0457 736 736 or 1300 Do you reckon the Bulldogs have gone backwards this year? I think we saw at the back end of last year, they were quite competitive in the last sort of seven or eight games. And we all thought on the back of that, with a couple of key players, new signings, new coach, I thought they were definitely going to be a lot more competitive. But the way they'll finish the year, even though they've not been in contention for the top eight, have been has been pretty poor. And obviously some issues going on inside that club at the moment. Bulldogs fans, what do you feel about your club at the moment? And also, do you think you have gone backwards? And rugby league fans, do you think the Bulldogs have gone backwards? one 1170 or 0457-736-736. They finished their season this weekend with the Gold Coast Titans and they'd want a much improved performance because the past couple of weeks have been pretty uh, poor from the Bulldogs. Um, and to be honest, if you compare them this year to last year, I thought last year, for the most part, they were probably more competitive. 0457 736 736 or 1300 We'll get to the open line in just a second. And before that, as 
Well, uh, Josh Hodgson has announced his retirement. English international and Eels hooker Josh Hodgson has announced he has been forced to medically retire from the game. The 33-year-old uh, said his career has been cut short by a reoccurring neck, a neck injury. He took to social media to declare full-time on his career, stating that he would hang up the boots, knowing he had left nothing behind in his application and dedication to the game. He said, this is never the way I thought I'd be announcing the end of my footy career, but unfortunately, I've been forced to medically retire. In hindsight, it's probably a blessing because I have always tried pushing through when my body was broken and putting my teammates before everything, but it's come at a cost. That's professional rugby league, I guess. We all know what we sign up for, and I have a lot to be grateful for though, which uh, is what I have been trying to focus on. And he just went on to say, I'd like to thank every club I've represented in England and Australia and all the people I've worked with. Uh, we know he suffered two ACL tests during his time in Australia and required a further reconstruction on his right knee last year. He played 138 games for Canberra, including captaining the Raiders to the 2019 Grand Final and a further 12 games this season for the Eels. In his peak, a very important player and a very good player, uh, especially in his days for the Canberra Raiders, big part of that 2019 team that almost won the premiership against the Roosters. So best of luck to Josh Hodgson in retirement, a very good player. 17 past five. We're going to have a chat with Chris Perkins shortly. We'll update you on the cricket. Talking about underrated players today on the back of Dylan Edwards re-signing with the Panthers until the end of 2028. Who have been some of the great underrated players of all time? Bulldogs fans, how are you feeling? Do you think you've... Cameron Serraldo doesn't think you've gone backwards. Do you think you have? And any questions as well for Chris Perkins, plus your prediction for tonight. Does Brisbane win the minor premiership? Or does the Storm keep the minor premiership race alive for the Penrith Panthers? In the cricket, South Africa, nine for 114. Nine for 114. So just one wicket away uh, for Australia to win the first uh, T20. That's off 15.1 overs. We'll take a break. Come back with more your calls and texts. It's 18 past five. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. 22 and a half past five. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. In the cricket, Australia have won that first T20 against South Africa quite comfortably. Bowling South Africa out for 115. So Australia win by 111 runs. They take a 1-0 lead in the best of three series. The next game is going to be played in 48 hours time on Saturday morning at 2 a.m. South Africa going down to Australia. Australia winning by 111 runs. Let's go to the open line. one 300 Chris Perth. Perkins not far away, but first, Mike from DY's on the line. Morning to you, Mike. Morning. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm driving into the office, um, and I should be there by 6 a.m. and mm. finish at 6 p.m. So that's Ooh. four hours in an office. Which is a, uh, that, is a, uh, that is a very long day. A, you do that every day, Mike? A, I do that every day because I work in IT, and look, I know I, I sit on my backside, and, but I sit <laughs> in an office. It's no windows, but... Mm. Um, you know, it's 12 hours a day where I do I sympathise with my Bulldog fans, mm. with my Bulldog team that start at 8.30 and finish at 5 o'clock? Not really. So you're a Bulldogs fan? I am a suffering Bulldogs supporter. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a major spokesman on Northern Beaches for them, so I get all the questions, why are the Bulldogs doing so badly <laughs> this year and, and have been doing it for the last six or seven years? Mm. And our hope with um, Serraldo and the team and the, and the players that he's bought, mm. um, that they would be edging towards the top eight this year and hopefully next year starting to hit their stride. But one thing that I'll, I keep asking the question, 
who is our Bulldogs defence coach? That's a, yeah. no one seems to answer it. That's a good question. I'll look into that for you and try to get an answer for you. What what did you make of Serraldo's comments about the fact that he doesn't think that the Bulldogs, uh, well, he knows that the Bulldogs definitely haven't gone forward this year, but he also doesn't think the Bulldogs have gone back. As a Bulldogs fan, what do you make of that comment? Um, our defensive points against us, uh, he was meant to be our maestro, our defence maestro at the Panthers. Mm. And as a Bulldog supporter, I think we've gone backwards in a whole defence. We might have scored an extra try or two from last year, but no, I don't buy into that. Yeah. Something is wrong. Um, yeah. And the players have got an attitude. And, you know, when, when you've got players earning 800, 750, and to come up with excuse that training's hard or, 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 or they can't cope or... We're moving forward now as a board of supporters. We don't we don't sympathise with that. We want success. Mm. We saw the success in the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousand. Mm. Um, we don't buy into that. And I do not think of one Bulldog fans on a Bulldogs kennel that will buy into it at all. Mm. You know, a lot of the Bulldog supporters are struggling, you know, with the cost of, you know, living today and they work hard jobs. Um, no, no one buys into it. All right. We've gone forward, we've mm. gone backwards. All right, uh, final question. What do you think needs to change as a Bulldogs fan? What would be the first thing that you would change? If you were in charge of the club, what would you change, Mike? Um, the sense of wanting to win again. It's just gone. It, it, it disappeared. Teams used to fear playing the Bulldogs. And every week I hear the commentators in media saying, oh, this is a great game to play against the Bulldogs and to prep up your to pep up your uh, pluses and minuses that you've suffered this week before. So everyone's using the Bulldogs mm. team to play the trial match. And Newcastle's a great example. They defeated us 66-0 when O'Brien was on the verge of possibly losing his job, but I was talking about him losing his job, and they have springboarded into the semi-finals eight in a row. So mm. we've got to stop using the Bulldogs for the other teams to start you know, having their practice game against us. It's quite embarrassing. For the club and for the All right, Mike, I sympathise with you. Hopefully it's a better year for the Bulldogs next year. Thanks for the call, mate. Enjoy your day in the office and call any time. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. You too, mate. one 300 if you want to jump in the open line, have a chat just like Mike did. On the back of Mike's call there, here's another view on the Bulldogs just before we get to Chris Perkins. This from a Brisbane Bulldog on the text. He says, the Bulldogs haven't gone backwards, have debuted the most players this year. Yeah, that is uh, true. It's a process never going to be a quick fix. Get on board with Serraldo or leave. Clearly, if they think they are, aren't training hard enough, they need to be trained harder. Professional athletes refuse to show up in time. There needs to be standards on time. There needs to be standards and consequences. That from the Brisbane Bulldog. And that is uh, another view. So completely different to Mike's view. Thank you for the text, Brisbane Bulldog. And it is interesting. I don't think anyone, whilst I had the Bulldogs as improvers, I don't think anyone had them as premiership favourites this year. And I did say before the break that they were hurt by injuries throughout the year. Uh, a lot of their big names out. I think the other thing, and I know it was discussed in the breakfast show in Sydney, uh, Brisbane Bulldog yesterday, was the fact that I think they also need a leader on the field. Yes, they've got some big name players at Marnie and Burton. Uh, Kickout is to some extent being a leader, but they would just need another experienced head in that team to lead them around. But who that can be uh, that they can sign, I don't know. 
I don't think there's anyone obvious there on the open market at this stage. There might be uh, come November 1, but right now there's not. Uh, interesting times for the Bulldogs to see what occurs over the off-season and into next year. Any thoughts on that? Uh, 0457 736 736. Who's going to win tonight? Does Brisbane claim the minor premiership? Are you going tonight? Broncos fans are excited. Uh, we know there's a lot of big names out from both sides, but should still be an entertaining game. Does Brisbane win the minor premiership or do Melbourne keep the minor premiership's hopes of the Penrith Panthers alive? I think there'll be a couple of clubs watching this game who aren't Broncos and Storm fans uh, wondering what's going to happen and probably cheering on the Storm, I would say. But we'll see what happens there. And underrated players, Dylan Edwards has agreed to sign another deal with the Penrith Panthers worth $3.6 million to stay at the Panthers until the end of 2028. So who are some of the great underrated players of all time? Some of the great underrated players of all time. Uh, Yeovil Treeman says, hi, Dan. Some players not to have played origin. Uh, Luke Patton, Mitch Orbison, Matt Orford, Preston Campbell, Jared Croker, and Alex Johnston. Uh, that from the Yeovil Treeman. Now, we will get to Chris Perkins very soon. Uh, I know he's waiting on hold, but this is a honour for me to speak to this next man. He's a regular on The Breakfast Show. I've been waiting for him to call up onto tradies. I think he has once before, but it's been a long time between drinks. Gary from Newtown, good morning. Good morning, Dan. How are I, you, mate? I, I just, yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. I just want to speak about Canterbury. Yep. I, 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 they're lacking in confidence. So how I see Canterbury, mm. I think they're going a long way about their destination. I look at it a little bit different. I spoke to Phil the other week and I said, yeah, this game's all about speed and passing now. He said, it's always been. It's hard to break down the defence. Mm. Everyone's doing the same. Everyone's bigger, stronger and faster. Canterbury 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you can't stand over anyone anymore. It's a completely different game. The dogs are war. You can't bring that in today's game. It's, all a, it's a chess game. You've got to outthink people today, the players. That's how you play football today. If you want to be winning comp. You've got to outsmart the opposition. You've got to stay in the arm wrestle. Canterbury don't stay in the arm wrestle. I agree with that previous caller. Mm. Minus 400 is a joke. That's a heck of a joke. Mm. That's just not acceptable. They're lacking in confidence. I'd go a different way. This is how I think about yep. the game. Mm. I'd get the players, I'd get the players and, and their skills, what they bring to the club. And, and I want their skills to hold up under pressure. Until that happens, don't add anything to their game. That gives you confidence. And when you get confidence from that, you're in the game longer. And you start to build. They don't build a game. I was there on the weekend. Mm. Mainly forwards are big. They're big forwards. Not only they're big, they were quicker than the opposition, quicker than Canterbury. Not only bigger, but they were quicker. Canterbury's got no speed. You need speed. It's speed and nailing the pass. Yeah. Seize the moment. Yeah, seize the moment. Thank you, uh, Gary. Look, I agree. I understand where you're coming from. Frustrated uh, Canterbury fan. Thank you for calling as well. Call any time, Gary. Keep the calls coming as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 or 0457 736 736. The Bulldogs, the hot topic this morning. Time to do this. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. Left him waiting for a little while. Sorry about that. Chris Perkins, good morning to you. How are you going? No, I'm, I'm good. Not a problem. Just sitting here watching uh, tennis, uh, watching uh, uh, watching Seville of Australia. Uh, 
battling the top seed in the women's draw at the U.S. Open. Yeah, so I'll update the score. What is the score on that? If you've got that in front of you, actually, Chris, I'll uh, get it up as well. Yeah, Daria Sevilla mm. just won the seventh game of the second set, so she's down a set, down 4-3. Uh, Iga Sviatek uh, up a break. She'll be serving at 4-3 uh, when they come back from commercial. Yeah, lost the first set 6-3. All right, what have you made of the US Open so far? Opening few days, always a very big uh, tournament. We know Grand Slam, the final Grand Slam of uh, the year. What have you made of it so far? Uh, well, upsets, we, we've had our share of them. I mean, when we talked a couple of days ago, the tournament had just started, and we already had four seeds go down in the first sequence of matches. So uh, it, it's continued today. In fact, uh, Stefano Sitsipas just went down. The number seven seed lost to Dominic Stricker, uh, 6-3 in the fifth. Uh, match went to three tiebreakers. Mm. Uh, Sitsipas won the second and third sets in a tiebreaker. Stricker won the fourth in a tiebreak, then won the fifth 6-3. Uh, another seed on court right now, uh, American 28 seed Christopher Eubanks up two sets to none on uh, Benjamin Bonzi. Uh, who else? Who else is out there? Oh, uh, women's side, Elise Mertens, the 32nd seed, uh, survived a bit of a scare. Danielle Collins took her three sets. Uh, uh, three, six, seven, six, six, one. Mertens uh, advanced on to the third round. Coco Goff had a much easier time than uh, her last match <laughs> because yeah. uh, her first round match. Went, what, north of three hours Monday night? Uh, she beat uh, Mira Andrea about 6-3, 6-2 straight sets uh, today. So a, a much easier time for her. And uh, on court right now, uh, mentioned Seville. Uh, they've got the 30th seed, Serana Christia, up a set heading into the second in, in her match. And we got a couple of American men going tonight in prime time. Uh, we got Francis Tiafo, the 10 seed, and we got Taylor Fritz going the uh, 9 seed in prime time, and another American going this afternoon, 14 seed Tommy Paul, mm. who is thought by some at least to maybe be a dark horse contender to, to break America's 20 year major drought. Yeah, uh, just want to ask you as well about Venus Williams. We saw her in action yesterday at uh, Lost. Uh, I think she's about 43 years of age now, and there's been some commentary around about, obviously it's up to her what she does, but why she is continuing. Has there been much talk about her in the press over there after the loss yesterday? I, I haven't seen a lot. I mean, yeah, it was a first-round loss, uh, and it was a pretty comprehensive first-round loss. She wants to keep playing. I say what she has done for women's tennis, what she and her sister both have done for women's tennis in the last quarter century, if she wants to keep playing, if she's, if she's not totally embarrassing herself, uh, let, let her play. If, if she wants to do it, if she has that drive, that passion, mm. uh, I say go your hardest. I, I would say, though, she wants to play in, instead of a wild card entry. Maybe make her qualify though, mm. but, uh, I, it, because I, she is. I, this is her twenty fourth U.S. Open, mm. so she's been around forever in the game. And what she's meant to the game, what she's meant to the game of women's tennis, uh, you, you can't you can't overstate it. Uh, what what she and Serena have both done. So, uh, you know, part of it may be maybe kind of a lap of honor thing. 
that she you know she keeps playing and that she still has a passion for the game. So let her keep going yep. as long as she can. Yep, and uh, still I think would easily beat most of the people listening and me and you. So uh, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, yes, she would kill me. Yes, uh, definitely, definitely. It'd probably be a match that would last about uh, ten minutes. Uh, and the U.S. Open, I have to say, I was having this conversation with Charlie, good sir in the office yesterday about the fact that, you know, for people in Australia, clearly the Australian Open is everyone's favourite. But US Open, I think why people probably enjoy the US Open uh, here in Australia, more so definitely than the French Open, and maybe even more than Wimbledon, is it's good time zone as well. It's very similar. Uh, goes into the morning here, very similar to the Australian uh, Open in terms of uh, the way the tennis is played. So it is a very exciting uh, tournament. And I think the more big seeds that go out on the men's side, it just leaves the door open for another Novak Djokovic victory. But we know he didn't win at Wimbledon, so we'll have mm-hmm. to wait and see. And he's up He's uh, up two sets to none, uh, one all in the third in his match. He's on court right now. I forgot to mention that. During the rundown. All right. Now, uh, let's get... Totally overlooked it. That, that's okay. I, I have a feeling he will be there next week as well. Just just, a, just a funny feeling I have. Uh, now, we will uh, take a break shortly. We've got a list of questions as well. But before that, just some latest news out of the NFL as we get very close to the season now. Yeah, we had cut down day yesterday. Teams had to have their rosters down to 53, which leads to a lot of awkward conversations when you got 90 man rosters during training camp. But uh, one of the big, one of the big moves yesterday was a move that didn't happen. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Taylor running back for the Indianapolis Colts. He's had issues with the front office in Indy uh, has been in camp. He's been nursing an injury in camp, then away from camp dealing with the injury, came back in, asked for a trade. Colts said, okay, we'll let you explore a trade. If we can, you can find somebody you want to sign with that will give us an acceptable package in return for you, we'll, we will accommodate you. Uh, gave him a deadline of 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, which was the cut-down moment for, for teams. Uh, deadline came and went. No trade happened. Uh, apparently, Taylor and the Colts and any potential suitor can come up with a, an appropriate package for him. So bottom line is Jonathan Taylor remains an Indianapolis Colt, but he was put on the reserve physically unable to perform list, also known as the pup list. What that means for Jonathan Taylor is he cannot play, he cannot practice for the first four weeks of the season. He would not be able to come back in into the Colts uh, in, into the Colts in, into the roster until week five. So he'll have another month to make uh, to get better, to get his ankle better, and. Uh, hopefully maybe be able to play come week five but how's that going to be with with the friction between him and the front office because Mm. ultimately he does want a new contract and bottom line it always comes down to the bottom line yes it does it does indeed chris stay there i've got a question from a list i want to get the latest from college football and get your nrl tips all important nrl tips so you can hang around for another 10 or so minutes Absolutely, I'm here. Perfect, thank you. More with Chris Perkins on the other side of the break. Just before a break, a couple of texts read Gary's call. This from Matt. 
Uh, Dan, if Gary is SEN royalty, then I'm voting for a Republic. Thank you, Matt. No, we love Gary. Um, and Big G says, morning, Dan. Vossi's Gary alarm obviously doesn't work before 6 a.m. No, that is exclusive to the uh, breakfast show with Vossi and Brandy. No alarms on this show. Uh, thank you for the text. Keep them coming in. 0457 736 736. Uh, more with Chris Perkins. And we'll update you on that match between uh, Dario Seville and Iga Schwantek in just a second. Seville at the moment serving to stay in the match down five. 5-3 in the second set. It is 20. Uh, Iga Schwantek serving for the match against Dario Seville. 5-4 up after taking the first set. 6-3. We'll keep you up to date with that. Chookman says on the text, Hi, Dan. I think Mark Hughes was an underrated player. Played Origin and his work off the field has been inspiring. Yeah, 100% raising a lot of money for brain cancer. Storm have the wood over the Broncos. Uh, he's tipping the Storm tonight. Cheers, the Chook man. And this one, as we go back to Chris Perkins from Steve, uh, the Colin Bulldog, he says, Morning, Dan. When you speak to Chris, can you ask him his opinion on the MLB, the AL West Conference, and what are the chances of the Rangers finishing first? Chris? Uh, I'd have to look. I haven't. I, I didn't have that as part of my prep this morning. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I, I was I was not prepared for a baseball question. Uh, let me have a – well, look, let, I'll, I, apologize for I will look that up for you where they're coming whilst you let us know about the college football, latest in the college football. Yeah, college football really gets started this week. We've got a, a handful of games tomorrow, Thursday night. Uh, but a full slate Saturday, and we even have a blockbuster on Sunday since we don't have NFL this week. Uh, Florida State and LSU play Sunday night as, as the, probably the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, interesting, one of the games tomorrow night, though, features Florida at number 14, Utah. Uh, Non-conference game, Florida traveling out to Salt Lake City. Uh, Florida's travel plans got changed a little bit. They, they were uh, planning on leaving today. To fly to Salt Lake City for the game tomorrow night. They decided to leave yesterday, flew to Dallas, spent the night in Dallas, and now they're flying on to Salt Lake City today. Pretty good reason why you would do that, why you would change those plans at the last minute. Uh, it's called the Category 3 hurricane slamming into North Florida this morning. So good reason to get out of town if you got a hurricane barreling down on, on your front porch for, for the Florida Gators. So, yeah, they got out of town. They got out of town safely and uh, still have, plan on having that game uh, tomorrow. But Saturday, we've got some uh, some of the games Saturday. Most of the games on the schedule, typical week one stuff. Not a lot of blockbusters. The ranked teams will be playing, mm. typically not against each other. The main exception is that Florida State LSU game. That's a top 10 absolute blockbuster game on uh, Sunday night that's going to be carried on the RABC, but the defending that two-time defending national champion Georgia, uh, they open defense of their crown against the University of Tennessee at Martin. Not exactly a uh, a, uh, a power uh, football team that they're playing in Week One. Basically, it's almost like an NFL preseason game for them. It's a uh, it's a preseason friendly almost for for Georgia, even though it counts in the standings. Uh, and then. Uh, Another game we have uh, tomorrow or Saturday night. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, USC plays against Nevada. USC is number six in the country. Uh, the, the big Saturday night game, though, is number seven Penn State playing host to West Virginia. 
uh, which could be interesting because that's kind of a border rivalry between Pennsylvania and West Virginia. So it uh, could be a more interesting game than a lot of people expect. Now, for Steve, the Colleton Bulldog, what we'll do, because I know Steve's a very loyal listener to this show, we'll let Chris do his research because they are running out of time as well. So we want to give him a proper answer. So we'll save that for next week when we speak, and it'll be the first thing we talk about. Uh, that, I think, is a good deal. Homework. Homework. Homework, Chris. Homework. Now, uh, we can't leave. So, Steve, uh, tune in. Uh, we'll speak to Chris again Tuesday morning. So uh, I know it's a bit of a wait, but we, we will get the answer uh, for you. Chris has four or five days to research. All right, NRL tips. Your final chance to go eight from eight. Uh, final regular season round. There are teams resting players. You're not aware of any of that. So let's just go for it. Uh, tonight, Brisbane Broncos, <laughs> Melbourne Storm. Ooh, 1v4. Broncos have something to play for, though. Yeah. Brisbane really – or uh, uh, Melbourne really doesn't. I'm going to take Brisbane. You're going to go the Broncos. Okay, then. don't bet against Melbourne, mm. but I will this time. Uh, Manly or the Tigers? Uh, I think Manly. Manly. Okay, what about South Sydney or the Roosters? Ooh. Who gets in and who dies? <laughs> I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the roosters. I'm gonna pull for your guys, Dan. I'm gonna take the roosters. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, Dolphins Warriors. Oh, uh, I will take the Warriors. Okay, Warriors. What about the Panthers or the Cowboys? Uh, I'll take the Panthers. I'm gonna go the Panthers. Um, then what about uh, the Dragons or the Knights? Uh, Knights. Knights. Um, and then finally, the last two games of the weekend, uh, Titans-Bulldogs. Mm, take the Bulldogs. Dogs, okay. And again, the dogs. And finally, Sharks-Raiders. Sharks, uh, I will take the Sharks. Sharks. Okay. So Broncos, Manly, Roosters, Warriors, Panthers, Knights, dogs sharks chris great stuff we'll chat to you next week we'll see how you've gone with those tips and we'll get the latest from everything in america thanks mate have a good weekend you too mate darius seville has gone out uh Igor uh, schwantek has won that match in two sets we'll finish off with some texts on the other side of this it's 10 to 6 Don't forget, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance to and see supply. Uh, Tex Spart says, Morning, Dan. Every workplace has disgruntled employees. Read the Bulldogs. I refer you to a quote from the famous sports psychologist Duncan Fernley. Players should play, and the coach should coach. Thank you, Spart. Uh, Mike says, Didn't get all of your texts, Mike. Uh, unfortunately, we're talking about Scott Drinkwalker. Opposition fullbacks Edwards and Tedesco is skilled, but Drinky displays the full range of speed of footwork and devastating attacking skills. Yes, I think he's going to have a very, very big future, Scott Drinkwater, already part of that New South Wales squad this year. And Yeovil Treeman thinks it'll be the Broncos 23 over the Storm 16. That's it for me today. Breakfast coming up in Queensland with Patton Hills. For this is in Sydney, Australia, we know have won the cricket, as I told you earlier on. One of the stars, Tanver, Sing- uh, Tanver Singha, uh, is on the show. Four for 31, Tanver Singha on the show with Fossey and Brandy just after the 6am news. Looking forward to that, Charlie. Uh, good, sir. And also John Gallo tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.